We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks for Sports Illustrated. Over on Fan Nation, we got a recruiting-focused episode of the Ducks Dish pod for you guys today. Uh, lots going on in that landscape. Uh, Oregon could have some some big news on the way. Just got a new commitment today, so we wanted to bring on John Garcia. He's the director of recruiting for Sports Illustrated, director of football recruiting for Sports Illustrated. John, been a minute since we had you on. How you doing? Doing well, Max. You know, it's springtime. We're checking out the next wave of recruits. And like you, you guys know all too well up in Eugene, it moves very fast. And we got to get familiar with a lot of new names very quickly. So uh, excited about that always this time of year, hitting the road and, and just seeing the, the next wave of, of top kids we're going to be talking about for a long time. Yeah, you're all over the place on the road, hitting camps and, and getting eyes on this next wave of talent that is going to make up a lot of these top recruiting classes in the country. But we wanted to take a Duck focus today, a Pac-12 focus. So let's not waste any time, John. Ducks got a new commitment today, and that is in 2023 defensive lineman Tevita, Tevita Pomee from Leighton Christian Academy out in Utah. Uh, and we are here to break down that commitment and kind of what it means for Oregon. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get my, my screen share going here there you go. and uh, just break down some of our initial thoughts just to kind of give some of my thoughts to start off here. I think that this commitment makes a lot of sense because it is a defensive lineman. I think if the Ducks are looking to pick up steam here, it makes sense that it would be someone on the defensive side of the ball, given Dan Lanning's background and pedigree. And uh, you want to win the trenches. That has been a point of emphasis for him. This is something that we have seen in the 2022 class. And then obviously under Mario Cristobal, we saw that it was important in the trenches. The Ducks did get Ben Roberts, another defensive lineman out of Utah, as well as Sir Mel's. Those are two huge guys, both 300 plus. And we're seeing that pattern continue here with Tavita. So I, I like the commitment for sure for, for Oregon. Definitely important to win at the point of attack. Uh, these are some of the bodies that are a little bit harder to find out West. And Utah has been just an absolute factory for offensive and defensive linemen. And um, the uh, the other point that I wanted to make uh, that I, is just important for him is that he's also a state champion in rugby. So you have that athletic background. And I think that definitely adds to his upside once he gets to the college level. 
Well, what you're seeing here is versatility, not only in multiple sports, as you mentioned, Max, rugby and football, but O-line and D-line. I love that about any physical defensive player. I love that two-way ability. If you're a corner, I want to see some receiver tape. If you're a linebacker, give me some running back tape. If you're a D-lineman, give me some O-line tape. It gives you a counter to what you're going to do in your job description every single day, and you know it with more familiarity, obviously, if you've played it. So those are major pluses right out of the gate. And then I'll jump into the rugby thing, Max. You expect foot quickness, and you get it. No, It's hard to carry 315 better than Tavita is carrying that 315, but you see it. You see the foot quickness, uh, the snap quickness off of the line of scrimmage. When that ball snap, he is the first person moving, which is really hard to do as the biggest player on the field. But we see that a lot right there. Easy swim and rip for a tackle for loss. I even saw one of these clips earlier, Max, where Tavita swims over two guys. So he's, he's making two blockers miss with sheer quickness. But it doesn't mean he's got this lack of power or he's some kind of finesse player. There are many bull rush samples littered throughout this tape where he just simply says, hey, I'm bigger and stronger than the guy blocking me. Let's drive him into the quarterback or let's drive him into the backfield, redirect and get another tackle for loss. He understands leverage. The quickness is there. The length is there. The power, the raw torque is there as well. So foundationally, the floor is very high for the newest Oregon Duck. And, and as you mentioned, in the Pac-12 and what Dan Lanning wants to do and wants Oregon to be, that constant should carry over from the last coaching staff. The trenches are absolutely important. You expect this SEC approach, and that means beef and athletic beef as an asterisk there. That athletic beef is really important on both the offensive and defensive lines. And Pomee looks uh, like a heck of a steal for the Ducks at this stage because he's one, the more you see, the more you like. So you wonder if that would have translated over to other schools getting involved, a, a more national type of recruitment at the end of the day. But if you get a commitment early like you did here, you probably prevent that rise from happening. And that awareness of schools like Ohio State or Florida or Tennessee trying to come out west for another big uh, defensive lineman. So good timing, good evaluation, and obviously good execution by Dan Landing and company. Dan Lanning looking to keep Oregon's presence in Utah going as the new head coach in Eugene. That was something that we really saw take off under Mario Cristobal. Just a couple other Utah natives on the roster. You got Jackson Powers Johnson, who saw some good playing time as a freshman. Jeffrey Bossa uh, was really the success story for Oregon on defense as a true freshman. And then who can forget the Sewell brothers as well. So Utah is very well represented. Just another interesting note with uh with Pomee uh another connection that may have given Oregon the the leg up in this recruitment uh stems from J.R. Mawala the director of recruiting operations for Oregon uh he has some family Eric Mawala uh on the Leighton Christian coaching staff uh so you you can never underestimate the value of relationships as we know all too well in recruiting John and the other note that I wanted to add about about this commitment is that I don't think he's in the position where the Ducks need him to see the field right away as a freshman. Like we talked about, they've been bringing in a lot of defensive linemen just in the past couple of cycles. Uh, you do have to think about replacing Brandon Dorless once he wraps up his time in Eugene. That was a big bonus to get him back for this season. But Sam Taimani is another dude that really kind of reminds me of Pomee, um, kind of a, a, a stockier build at like that 6'2", 6'3", range, but, but still – 
well around that 300 pound range, which is what, what you want out of these big bodies in the trenches. So overall, I think we agree. This is, is definitely a good commitment for Oregon. Uh, not that there's really bad commitments, but um, certainly some value here with, with all the factors that we mentioned. One other thing I wanted to talk about, John, and, and your th- kind of analysis of this commitment, you talked about good timing for this commitment. And I want to stay there for a second because a lot of my audience, my readers, Oregon Twitter community, they're they're having some questions. They're saying, can this staff really recruit? This this commitment uh, is the first prep commitment, at least in the 2023 class. There were some late 2022s and some transfers that committed after landing got hired. But other than Cole Martin, who committed on New Year's Day, the Ducks have been dead silent until this commitment. So maybe we could get into that conversation a little bit about maybe what real reasonable expectations are with, with landing in this staff. Well, I think if you look at a lot of the transition coaching staffs around the country, there's not a whole lot of verbal commitments outside of Texas Tech. You know, that group is, is really kind of a niche group in West Texas. I think all 13 of their commitments are from the state. So it's just a different recruiting approach compared to Oregon or Miami or LSU. Um, even even the uh, Oklahoma's USC's of the world don't have a gaudy commitment list from a volume perspective at this point, man. I mean, look, even even more stable programs, Alabama's got like two commits in this 23 class. So it is a very slow build for a lot of schools. And I think numbers are a really big part of that. You know, there's not many schools that could say, hey, we're going to go take 20 kids right now because we know we can. The, the spring practices have not yet wrapped up. Uh, the, the portal movement that comes after that has certainly not wrapped up. And there's still kids that are profiting off of that eligibility um, extension from the pandemic year of 2020. So the roster management is that much harder. So I wouldn't really fret if I was a fan of any program that didn't have a big number of verbal commitments at this time. It's just not something very common. I think three or four teams nationally have more uh, than nine verbal commitments at this time. You know, it's a very rare thing. It's a slow build. Everyone's trying to get their quarterback for 23 and, and kind of build out from there. So I wouldn't really worry about it too much from a volume perspective. It's more about who's in the ball game. Who are you getting on campus? Are you able to have elite kids, you know, paying out of their own pocket to get up to Eugene? And, and those boxes have been checked, right? Caden Proctor's on his way in a couple of weeks. Dante Moore, one of the top quarterbacks in the country, just visited, um, you know, Richard Young from from my neck of the woods in, in southwest Florida. He's visiting from across the country. So you're getting elite prospects on campus. Um, and, and that's really step one. If you're looking to find any tangible uh, discrepancies between verbal commits and, and schools that don't have much, look at who they're getting on campus. And Oregon is getting about as, as good a clip on campus outside of the region as any school in the country. That's important when it comes to timing, especially after a, a transition, obviously, at the very top. Yeah, so it's not nothing to, to, to fret about too much for the for fans you know, of, of Oregon and, and other programs. Uh, who knows who we're reaching on this podcast. But um, you know, there, there was actually, you mentioned quarterback, and, and I wanted to, to go off script a little bit here because I know that you got to see Jaden Rashada recently, and uh, he's I'd say at the very top of Oregon's big board right now, uh, among the likes of Jaden Wayne, who's out from out here closer in, in Washington, and Mateo Uyunglele. Uh, Jaden Rashad is going to be hitting Arkansas this weekend, but you got to see him at uh, Battle Dallas. 
just from someone who got to lay their eyes on him in person, what, how unique of a talent do you think he is? He just oozes arm talent, Max. And there's this quiet California cool confidence about him that pairs with it quite nicely. You know, it, it, it really, it says a lot when you, when you go out there and you look great, right? I mean, I think a lot of quarterbacks can do that. Look, it's seven on seven. Let me not overhype a couple of nice throws in seven on seven, but the sort of gravitational pull we noticed with Jaden stood out just as much as his frame and his arm at that event. He was playing with the Miami Immortals. He had never practiced with them. He had never been with any of these guys. And in warmups, he was watching guys' steps. He was watching guys come out of the break. And the receivers were reciprocating that information to him. And by the time they got to the first game, it was bombs away. I mean, they, they did not get slowed down for, for about a day and a half. They, they ended up making it to the semifinals of the tournament. But physical traits aside, what I liked about Jaden Rashada was the confidence when you talk to him and the gravitational pull he has. After one seven-on-seven seven game, Max, Miami's wide receiver commit who was on the team, Robbie Washington, was like, I need to get this guy to Miami. Like, I need to get him with me. Like, I've seen enough. I'm already sold. So it was like an audition that, that he passed with flying colors. And then you watch the tape, great touchdown to interception ratio, big 6'4", six, 6'5", six, kind of cat, easy mechanics, which is is something that's becoming more and more important. We, we want to – everyone wants to talk about these fancy Patrick Mahomes arm angles and pure arm power and all of that. I mean, those are great things. But in this day and age, it's more about timing, anticipation, and touch. So if you have a smooth release like Jaden does, it just helps you manufacture the football that much more consistently. And that's really, at the end of the day, what the quarterback position is. You are the point guard of this football team. So Jaden checks a lot of those boxes as as a breakout junior. I think he'll follow it up with a better year uh, in 2022. Uh, but it's this confidence, this, this, this orbit that he creates with others around him that screams leader. It screams quarterback beyond what his right arm can do. So I was really fascinated to talk to him. Uh, and like you said, the race for his recruitment has really heated up. You know, Oregon's getting him back on campus soon. Miami just got him on campus. Arkansas's up next. Ole Miss is heavily involved in this race. LSU's trying to get involved. This is a true national battle. But just like we talked about, it was important for Oregon to get kids outside of the West region on campus to prove that they can play in these games and, and play in these recruitments. It's obviously also important for you to win the ones that are inside your region. Uh, you know, I, I think obviously Jaden would, would satisfy a lot of that if he were to pick Oregon. Uh, you know, I, I know the relationship with Kenny Dillingham is strong there. It is it is building. It is it's ballooning over time. There's a lot of excitement on both sides of that equation. So I think uh, that's going to be a really important recruit for for Duck fans to watch because this class of 23 is loaded at quarterback and Jaden Rashada is one of the five or six best out there without a doubt. Uh, so if you get any one of those guys, you're a program that's obviously going to trend up in recruiting others because there's no better recruiter than a quarterback that's verbally committed to your school. Yeah. That you, you took one of my points right out of my, right out of my mouth. I think that's part of the reason maybe that we haven't seen as much movement for the ducks on the recruiting trail. Cause the staff is so focused on getting Jaden, but it's a little tough because you, you can't, stop recruiting other guys you, know, you can't say hey we're gonna wait around to see what happens with Rashada and then we'll we'll really turn things up so that's like one of the cool things about recruiting is that you kind of have to keep guys warm and keep checking on them make sure that they feel like they're a priority um so super important for the Ducks to keep uh keep tabs on Rashada 
Another guy that they're after out of Pittsburgh is his teammate wide receiver Rashid Williams. And I know he had a lot of good things to say about Oregon when I talked to him. Uh, and then Dan Lanning also stopped by Pittsburgh uh, during the uh, during January, like prior to the dead period when all the coaches were out on the road. So no doubt about it, Rashad is going to be a guy that Oregon fans have to keep an eye on. He'll be back here for the spring game, like you alluded to, John. And then another guy to keep an eye on is uh, Eli Holstein, the former Texas A&M commit who was recently offered by the Ducks. But we have a couple more topics that we want to get into here on this episode of the Ducks Dish podcast, excuse me. And we will get into that right after this ad break. So make sure you stick around. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we are back on the Duck's Dish podcast. We are talking... Oregon recruiting and some Pac-12 recruiting as well. Just two more points for John. He's been so great giving us some of his time. I know we're around 15 minutes, John. Sorry, I, I just want to get as much out of this as I can. But another guy that Oregon fans are really keeping their eyes on and Pac-12 fans is Rainier Beach offensive lineman Josh Connerly, who is set to come off the board here tonight, Friday, April 8th. Uh, it's about four o'clock as we record this. So Time is not exactly on our side, but he's set to make his announcement at 6 p.m. Pacific on CBS HQ, I believe. Uh, so that would be a huge addition for Oregon. Maybe we can kind of get into that. What we know about this recruitment, he took an official to Oregon, and then he took an official to USC. So USC got the last official, but it was also reported by Brandon Huffman that Oregon got him back on campus last weekend. So uh, they it looks like they got the last word here. And boy, this would be a really big commit for Oregon, especially because he's the, I want to say, the top player left on the board in 22, John. Yeah, he's the only SI-99 recruit yet to make a decision and sign with his college of choice. And and for good reason. You know, Josh Connolly is a, a super athletic prospect. A lot of stuff we said about Tavita at the top of the show carries over to Josh. Very good basketball player, a kid who has not gone all in on football just yet. And, and even still, a top two or three offensive tackle 
in the class of 2022, absolutely taking his time, which I think is really interesting in this recruitment because he's, he's, he's a kid who two years ago could have made a verbal commitment and every school in the country would have been very happy to accept it. But, you know, it tells you how thorough a kid like this is uh, and how much he was focused on other things. You know, he didn't pull any punches about that, you know, no, no pun intended there. But you see the athleticism, just massive frame, ex- excellent on the move, really, uh, you know, effortless type of movement skills, which is so rare at that size with the wingspan he has. And you love the basketball background, how that translates over to footwork and the ability to redirect, uh, among other things, and the ability to extend there as well. But this recruitment, like you said, really interesting down the stretch. USC gets the last official but Oregon got the last word with that last visit. And I think that's where there's a little bit of question as to who he's going to pick. I definitely feel like it's between USC and Oregon, no disrespect to Washington and Michigan and Oklahoma and some of the other schools in the mix there, but this is really an Oregon USC battle, which is what kind of it should be right. I mean, let's be honest from a national perspective, if I'm thinking PAC 12 and elite kid, I expect to see the ducks and I expect to see the Trojans in that conversation. And I think that's where it comes down to, for Connerly, I do think USC coming out of that official had the most buzz. But when you get that last visit, especially in a time where coaches can't hit the road and go see you, I really think there's there's room to put stock in that uh, in the recruiting game uh, because there's nothing like that in-person interaction. Almost an overwhelming, you know, head coach, position coach, coordinator. You can get everybody involved one last time for a kid. It's almost better than an in-home visit because typically those are limited in terms of the number of coaches who can hit the road. So it really worked out about as well as it possibly could have for Oregon leading up to the verbal commitment. But of course, as we all know, Max, recruiting is a closing business. It is a tangible, you know, you got them or you don't kind of business. So uh, all of that might not matter in the end if he picks USC, but obviously if he picks Oregon, the staff's ability to once again, bring an elite talent to campus on his own dime really shines through. And I think that's the appeal of Oregon. That's the plight of of Dan Lanning. That's what he wants to build there in Eugene. That's why he took, let's be honest, that's why he took such a big risk leaving the national champs to go to go continue the, the momentum built uh, there at Oregon. So this is part of the vision. And obviously this would be the banner recruit of the early uh, tenure for Dan Lanning should Connerly pick the Ducks. But very close battle, uh, but, but you can't ever count out who gets the last in-person word. It means a ton to an impressionable teenager, as one would imagine. You already got into kind of what he adds on the field as an offensive lineman, so don't need to repeat too much of that. The Ducks did see some movement in the transfer portal along the offensive line, so certainly you can see a little bit more of a need there, but uh, like you talked about earlier, no school is going to turn away a a player of Connerly's caliber. That was a bit of a tongue twister. Uh, But Jonathan Dennis... Uh, a Florida native out towards your way. He entered the transfer portal earlier this week. And then just this morning, Jalen Jeffers, an Arizona native, also an offensive lineman, uh, reportedly entered the transfer portal as well. So this would be a huge get for Oregon. But the last point that I wanted to get into while I had you, John, was what you were talking about. Top guy out West, you'd expect to see an Oregon, a USC involved. And we haven't seen too many head-to-head battles just yet between these two new head coaches, that is Dan Lanning and Lincoln Riley. I'm kind of just curious to get your thoughts on how this projects maybe, or just what we might see in the future between these two coaches. 
Well, there's a lot of similarities here, right, Max? I mean, guys that are obviously in their first year as head coaches in the Pac-12, uh, both younger, more energetic, like up to the modern day and age of the game level of experience uh, and, and different sides of the ball, right? That makes it that much more fun. Lincoln, an offensive guy. Dan, obviously uh, an expert, aggressive a defensive guy coming up uh, in the coaching ranks. So there's some similarities and some nice contrast between the two. But, but like you said, this is really the beginning of what we should expect over the long stretch of time. You know, a, pack, a California kid, a Seattle kid, a Portland kid, a Denver kid, a Las Vegas kid. We expect that cardinal and gold, and we expect, expect uh, that that flashy Oregon green when these recruiting battles come to to a head. Uh, and I think that's how, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, that's how these coaches are gonna be defined as recruiters. Um, Lincoln Riley obviously has an advantage in experience. And I think with offensive recruits in particular, skill position players, he's going to have that, that nudge like we've seen uh, over his early tenure at USC, getting some big time transfers to come in, huge verbal commitments as well. But everywhere else is really where I would look to see how well Dan Lanning is going to compete with Lincoln. Look at the trenches and look on defense in particular. There's a good staff built in L.A., but I like this Oregon staff as well, particularly on the defensive side of the football. So I think that's where you can get a better feel of, hey, head to head, who's the better recruiter or what is different about Oregon this time around uh, compared to USC and its new regime. So the timing is really excellent to, to start to bank some of these comparisons and start to pull uh, some themes between these two coaching staffs. Not a whole lot of head-to-head so far. I think Connor Lee is probably the first big one, but certainly it won't be the last. It will be fascinating to watch. Well, we're going to have to keep an eye on these recruiting battles. Uh, obviously, with Connor Lee coming off the board tonight, we'll make sure to keep you updated on that commitment over on Ducks Digest. Uh, but it should it should be making this uh, recruiting game a whole lot more entertaining down the line. Oregon and Dan Lanning have certainly loaded up on their fair share of big names in the recruiting game. Tosh Lapoy, a name that many Oregon fans have been really wanting to come to Oregon for quite some time. Uh, and then um, Marshall Malko as well, who comes over from Georgia and Texas A&M, who I might add just signed the best recruiting class ever. <laughs> so uh, no Lanning and a, and a bunch of these other guys are, are, are proven – uh, proven achievers. So it's going to be fun to watch. John, we've taken enough of your time, but before we get out of here, uh, wanted to give you a chance to, to let us know where people can find more of you and, and any th- other work that you got going on right now. Yeah, check us out. Free uh, football and basketball recruiting content uh, available for anyone. SI.com slash college or at SI All American via all social media. If you look for me, I'm at John Garcia underscore JR. Come holler at me. Right on. Make sure you guys go tap in with John. He's always got everything covered on a national scale, and he's hitting all those camps. If you want to find more of me, you can find me on Twitter at mtorissports, and you can also find me on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Torres. Kindly ask that you subscribe to the channel, and then you can find the Ducks Dish podcast most of the time on my YouTube channel, and then uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, most of your podcasting platforms. But wherever you guys are tuning in, we appreciate you taking some time to talk about Ducks football. Uh, and just spend some time with us. Big thanks to John, and we will catch you guys in the next episode. Take care.